HerbMentor.com. This is HerbMentor Radio. You are listening to Herb Mentor Radio on HerbMentor.com. I'm John Gallagher. My guest today is Christophe Bernard. Christophe is a clinical herbalist from France who was born and raised in Provence. He spent 15 years of his life in the U.S. studying medicinal plants and running his first clinic in San Diego. While mostly self-taught, Christophe found great inspiration in the writings of Matthew Wood and the late Michael Moore. Upon returning to France in 2010, he opened a clinic in a small village located in the hills of Provence where he spends his time consulting, teaching, picking, and growing plants from around the world. You can visit Christophe anytime at altheaprovence.com. That's if you speak French. We have an English website you can look at too in a little bit because it's all related to a really cool trip that he and our very own Rosalie will be running in France in May 2014, and we'll get to that a little later. Meanwhile, Christoph, good evening. How are you? Hello, John. It's very good to be with you tonight. How uh, How is it uh, there in France going there a little well- <laughs> It's it's going fine. It's 7 p.m. here. It's the end of my day. The clinic is now officially closed, and I'm happy to be relaxing a little and chatting with you. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining through the window here, and uh, I'm excited about this uh, this uh, discussion. Oh, great! It's I've been really looking forward to it. So, um, you were you interested in herbs as a boy, as young? Were you mentored by someone in your family, or is this something that you kind of got into a little later in life? Well, I got exposed to herbs pretty early because my grandparents they they like to to pick and use herbs, and I just loved my grandparents. I was always at their heels, uh, so I would tag along and and pick herbs with them. But but really, I just love nature, you know, fishing and hunting and all kinds of other stuff that boys did back then. And plants were just a small part of it. So I'm, I'm not going to give you the story that I fell into a, a patch of lavender when I was five and then decided to become a herbalist because that, that would not be true. All right, interview it, ends it right here, good. folks. <laughs> it it, it I, sounds I, pretty good, but no. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and then I, I grew up and, and forgot all about herbs, actually, because I, uh, I ended up studying computer science. I became an engineer. And uh, that was the first part of my career. So herbs just came back to haunt me much, much later, I would say. So you think it was your grandparents spending that time with you, kind of infusing you with that connection. What, 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 like, what, what do you think about that? Do you think that, that, that that's the way it is, like we're growing up and then a, a, an adult mentors us, someone important, and then we just kind of develop this, this place in our hearts and minds for Nature? Yeah, I I think so. I think we lost the notion of of mentorship. I think it was very much ingrained in our history as as tribes and as villages. <clears throat> um, you know, I I know in a lot of tribes, when you were a boy of thirteen or fourteen, you always had a, a male mentor to accompany you through uh, your teenage years and and becoming a boy. And that's not the father's role. That's the mentor's role. So um, I, I had that through through my my grandpa, uh, and uh, that was that was very uh, structuring to me. And uh, I think herbs came back later, back into my life because it was just so much part of my roots and about what my grandpa taught me. Yes. Um, so I, I'm a little sad that we lost it, uh, but on the other hand, I guess it's just up to us to. Um, to recreate that that model through uh, through the local local community, or maybe through websites like her mentors, you know. Yeah. So so did he like? Do you know if he specifically had this great passion or interest in herbs, or did he like? Is it just something that everybody did? You know, like everyone knew about yeah. how to grow. Everyone farmed this, and everyone did yeah. this because you had to. It's something everybody did back then, as far as I remember. And there there are a few things that are very ingrained in the French culture, and we may talk about it uh, during this interview, uh, the concept of the daily, um, the daily herbal tea, for instance, has, mm-hmm. has existed for, for ages and ages. Uh, it's something everybody did, but my grandpa just loved nature. You know, we would go pick mushrooms, and then we would go hunt rabbits, and then we would go fish, and we would go pick herbs. The herbs would go to my grandma, though, because... Uh, traditionally in France, the women held the herb knowledge, and it was passed from uh, 
mother to daughter and from grandmother to granddaughter. Um, mm. And the men, they would get little cramps <laughs> here and there, <laughs> but they were not very private to the, to, the, to the whole knowledge. You know, the women were the nurses and, and they knew herbs, not the men. So, so fast forward years later, you're, you're, you're uh, working in uh, computers and you had not yet moved to the U.S., right? And did you, or did you, did you start getting in to, into it uh, when you were still in France and then you moved to the U.S.? I, I moved to the U.S. right after I graduated because I couldn't, I couldn't find any jobs in France. So I uh-huh. moved to Canada first and then I spent a couple of years in Ottawa and then I moved uh, down into the U.S. still as an engineer. <clears throat> and then after years of, um, uh, I don't know, staring at a, at a screen and mm-hmm. getting migraines, it just, I started to really miss it, to miss nature, to miss plants, to miss my roots as well, my French roots. Um, and one day I had a bit of, also a bit of a, of a mystical experience. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I just, I was, I was relaxing at home, uh, lying on the grass. And then I had a very clear and crisp vision. I saw myself back in Provence and putting medicinal plants in tea bags. And that really came out of nowhere and hit me pretty hard because from that point on, I just, I started to buy, you know, I bought a book on herbs and then two and then 10. And then mm-hmm. I was picking plants and making tinctures and giving advice to family and friends. And it went on like that for several years. Uh, People at work wondering what you're drinking in those jars. <laughs> yes, indeed. I was actually, you know, I, I, at some point, you know, when you, when you learn, you, you, you feel the urge to go tell people like, oh, you look this and that. How about you try this tea or, oh, I have something for you. And so, yeah, I, I, did, I did some of that and it was very funny. <clears throat> yeah, I think we all go through the phase, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. You need those guinea pigs, right? Not just, not just yourself or the family. Um, so, so I did that for, for several years. And then at some point, I, I thought I had enough experience to open a, a, first, a first clinic. Um, but, but I wanted to formalize my knowledge a bit because I, I started to, knew, to know a few, a few things, but it was a bit messy, right? So I thought, hey, let's go back to school. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I looked around for, for several months. And the one program that I thought would fit me perfectly was the... Uh, the Southwest School of Botanical Medicine uh, that that Michael Moore created uh, back then he was just running the at home version of the of the program though because mm-hmm. he was pretty sick already so I, I did that and it was super helpful to me and unfortunately Michael died short shortly afterwards uh, which was mm-hmm. a bit of a shock because I really wanted to meet the guy but I was lucky enough to be held by Donna Chesner, who's Michael's wife and former students of Michael too, like Howie Brownstein and mm-hmm. Howie was great. He spent some time with me and he was very encouraging to me and uh, I'm really grateful for what he did. And uh, <clears throat> so at that point, I opened my first clinic in San Diego. And, um, wow. and shortly after that, I decided to move back, move back to France. You know, that's, that's, that's quite a story because you just, you just decided you were going to do this and you just jumped right in and did it. And um, what, what, what kind of advice, like, because there's varying degrees of people like who are listening to this from f- people who, who use herbs in their home, help the health of their families, all the way to people who would like to be clinical herbalists. Yeah. But for someone yeah. just who is just interested in herbs and starting out a little bit uh, new to all of it, and as someone who's self-taught like this, um, what what tips do you have for them? Like just you know, just mindset stuff. You know, just like ah, that's a great question, complicated one too. Mm. Um, I, I think what worked for me is that I think I I had a nice pro and I still have the the mind of an engineer. I think so. Mm-hmm. I always from the start, I always wanted to understand the why and the underlying mechanics of of you know i guess human being and how plants work and 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 very quickly it took me to to constitutional issues like what we call in france the the terrain you know the, the moving away from the symptoms and, and disease really looking at the person and 
and what's breaking down in those modern times, I guess, that, that make it possible for a disease to appear. Um, and I think that's why I really clicked when I saw Michael's program mm-hmm. a few years back because I think he was that type of a guy, you know. It's, it's, he, here's the underlying constitution with its strength and weaknesses and the different organs and why they run hot and cold and after a while things start to break down. So what served me well was this desire to understand the underlying constitution, I think, because it just it, it shone a light on, on a lot of things. I love asking this question to folks because that I interview because it's always so varying. And I always say that point is that it seems like everyone I interview has a different answer. And often I'm just like, you know, everyone's different who works with plants and they're going to do the, you use them differently. And so, and have a different way of approaching. So there really is no wrong way. There is just following your passion. And and that's really what you did. You know, something awoke in you and then bam, you just went for it. That's really, that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, So I wouldn't mind just um, hitting up a couple of topics here. Because one thing I really want to do in this talk, and we'll get to it a little later, is just go on a little, uh, pretend we can close our eyes, pretend we're in (laughs) France, and then you can take us on a little herb walk. But before we do that, you were mentioning before about the evening tea. I'd I'd like you to expand upon this and this this notion. Yeah. So... The uh, the evening herbal tea is something that French people have been doing for ages um, and are still doing today, which is quite interesting, right? Because we lost a lot of tradition. We lost we lost a lot of things to modern times, but this this habit survived. So um, if you're invited by friends, for instance, after dinner, they will offer you some coffee or herbal tea. And um, uh, the, the typical herbal teas will vary from the much beloved linden to mm-hmm. chamomile to mint to uh, to uh, lemon verbena to a whole a whole selection. <clears throat> and um, you, you drink that in the winter or in the summer. You might be just sweating like a pig and still <laughs> drink your your hot uh, mm-hmm. your hot linden. And people don't mind. They just they just love that. And uh, and I know Rosalie has been writing about it, and I, I, I do agree that I think it might explain partly the the, uh, the the what we call the French paradox. You know, the why we seem to have better health for some reason. I think <clears throat> to me there there are two main reasons why one is uh, our love for bitters, and number two is the daily the daily infusion, the daily herbal tea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what, um, like, okay, so tonight in the evening, what, what would be your evening tea? My evening tea really depends on, on, on how I feel and whether I want to get a little cleansing or whether I want to relax a little, whether I want a, um, <clears throat> a, particular, a particular taste. Um, the last couple of nights, for instance, I had friends at home and, you know, we had good food and a little bit too much rosé wine. So uh, tonight I'm probably going to settle on my dandelion roots, do a little decoction. Uh, I like to add uh, some um, orange and lemon peel just because my wife and my kids are going to drink some of it too. So I want to give it a little taste. And then I'll probably put a little bit of uh, lavender honey just for the for the kids because they like it a little sweet, but it's probably what I'm going to do tonight. Yeah. That's really cool. Cause that's a, that's <laughs> kind of like uh well here we do uh, and on herb mentor, we, we talk about the nourishing herbal infusion, which is something that's gotten all around and something that uh, Susan weed and herbalist here has really yeah. spread. And we uh, adopted that and talk about that. And, and like, for example, I do a, you know, it'd be nettles or oat straw. And usually these ones seem to always focus on more of the nourishing herbs. And and do they usually um, focus on, like, it seems like a little different here. You're, you're, you're kind of going more with your intuition, yeah. what you're feeling like. It's It seems like it's something that's very connected with your, like, you're, you're saying to yourself, like, there's something that I would yeah. like to experience from herbs specifically, and I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That, that's that's me. I think most of the people they would they would go either for a digestive tea or a relaxing tea if they mm-hmm. want to sleep well, for instance. Um, 
uh, if they want a digestive tea, they, would, they might use a star anise, they might use fennel seeds, they might use all the uh, Lamiaceae family, of course, of course. Uh, the mints and melissas and what have you. Uh, if they want to relax a little, uh, there will be chamomile or linden. Again, linden is very big here. Um, um, and then, yeah, what I do is a little more... Um, uh, advanced, but hey, that's my org. So. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Okay, um, that is really great. Is there, do you have anywhere, or maybe? Oh, well, Rosalie, it sounds like has been exploring this a bit. So probably on her mentor as well as uh, on her blog, you could probably find yep. some recipes or ideas and exploring this more. Because since your site's in French, you know, yeah, <laughs> if you're do, French, do a, go to your site. <laughs> you can try. Actually, a lot of people told me they were using Google Translate on my website, oh. which is mind-boggling to me because there's, uh, the, the, you know, there, there are many technical articles with uh, medical terms, and I wonder how this is going to turn out, but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> people can try. Google Trans, I guess I can <laughs> scratch learning French off of my list. Huh? <laughs> yep, <laughs> almost, almost. <laughs> um, so oh, there's also something you talk about called, um, like there are some interesting French herbal practices and the... Um, Depurative cure? Is yes. One? Like, can you right. talk about yeah. that? Oh, yeah. I talk about it all the time. Well, then uh, talk about it again, please. <laughs> all right. Let's do it. <laughs> so <clears throat> so the, the depurative cure is something that people did at the end of the, at the, end of the winter mm-hmm. for, for centuries. Uh, they did that because they felt that the, the winter food and habits were, were just... Um, there was there was the, the system got dirty and uh, mm-hmm. in the old writings you you find mentions of dirty blood for instance which is a term that is very much used in uh, in American herbalism as well the concept of dirty blood um, <clears throat> you spend the winter eating grains and and salted meats back then you know and the liver gets a little irritated and inflamed and a little big and a little painful if you palpate it under your ribs and at the end of the winter you want to well you want to get ready for work in the field uh, or whatever trade you had back then you needed a lot of energy to run through your day <clears throat> so around march or april for about 2 weeks people did what was called a depur- depurative cure uh, using depurative plants which mm-hmm. were uh, mostly um, dandelion, of course, uh, burdock, of course, but also uh, fumitori, which is a big plant in France. That's Fumaria officinalis. Um, also marubium uh, officinale, marubium or whorehound uh, is considered a depurative plant here. It's, it's very bitter, uh, if you know the plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you shouldn't be surprised. So there was, a, there was a bunch of plants, and they were used as simples, right? So you would pick one, and you, you would pick one because it grew nearby your house or because you could find it on the way back from work or, you know, people were very practical back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> you did that for a couple of weeks, and then, um, you know, you would force the liver to excrete all the garbage and the gallbladder to excrete more bile and the kidneys to excrete more uric acid and all kinds of waste as well. And after a couple of weeks, you actually felt much better. Um, and it's, it's a concept that I think we should apply today, not, not just at the end of the winter, but, but you know, three, four times a year or whenever we have, whenever we abuse our body, which is very often or maybe after, um, you know, summer vacation or maybe after the Christmas holiday. Um, so I'm trying to reinstate that concept of the depurative cure, but more in the context of the modern clinic, the modern practice. It's, it's a little different. So how, how would, what would be an example? Let's say I just, uh, you know, I, I, I binged out all weekend. <laughs> Hanging out with friends at big barbecues, Bad meat, boy. beer everywhere, <laughs> and I'm like, I, uh, you know, I want, want, want to, we want to use a depurative cure. What steps would I take? What would I use? How? Yeah, and 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 you do that. You do that because after a while, after after several of those evenings, at some point, it's going to start to run you down, mm-hmm. and and you do one. Because you start to wake up in the morning and you're tired and you, you don't know why and 
and you feel bloated all the time like you know you just have a you just had a lunch, a salad for lunch and yet you feel bloated um yeah. or, or somehow you're again you're palpating in the liver area and you feel like it's it's a little painful and you get this white and pasty tongue you know so it's not just one or a couple of evenings it's after a while it, this all this will drag you down <clears throat> so when this happens um you you pick a plant um and you know you can go by energetics uh for instance uh uh fumitori is is very cold and cold and drying so if you're tall and thin with a tendency to have hypotension and you have pretty dry skin dry mucosa it's probably not going to be the plan for you you know you would you would pick another plant or <clears throat> whorehound is is pretty harsh i mean you know i think you need to be very very strong constitution you know big bones red in the face type of guy to be able to to take a whorehound um so you know you would based on that you would go for either more gentle like burdock or a little stronger because you need more of a cleanse and you may add also other herbs like uh, nettle, which you know gently act on the kidneys, for instance, to, mm -hmm. to further help excretion of, of different things. So <clears throat> it depends on this new situation. It depends on on your constitution. Uh, but I would say at the end of the summer, if you're a teacher, for instance, you want to have you want to have all the energy you need <laughs> in September when when school starts. So. Mm -hmm. At the end of the summer, for instance, if you're a teacher, you you may want to do one. That's a that's a, that's a good that's a good point. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, but me, it, yeah, it just takes one night really these days at my age. Just not not a whole. <laughs> oh come on, you're not that old. <laughs> I have no talk. I know. <laughs> All right. So what I like to do now is uh, get to that point. Where we're going to do a, a plant walk, and, and okay. it's as if we we're uh, out in your garden, right there on that beautiful evening in Provence, lavender oh. fields, rolling fields of lavender. <laughs> Not a cliche at all. <laughs> I, uh, you know. All right. <laughs> so maybe we'll start with the couple that you've mentioned okay. already, and uh, how about Linden? Okay, so Linden is a uh, is. Uh, much beloved in um, in France. Um, uh, it it I don't know if you've seen a linden tree. Mm -hmm. I think I oh, think yeah. it was in the U.S. It's a very very yes. it's a very big tree, um, and um, we um, we pick our linden usually in July. It depends on the flowering state, but we wait till the flowers are just starting to open. And linden is a big tree, so, you know, as a kid, you get pretty excited about climbing on the ladder with your bag and, you know, finding a big branch up there, sitting on it and, and picking as you spy on the neighbors. I mean, I, I loved it. Um, um, and then we pick big bags of it and we lay the flowers on, the, on big sheets in the attic and we let it dry. <clears throat> And then we uh, drink it as uh, as an infusion. So the term infusion in in France means herbal tea, right? So, okay. but but, but I'll, I will use herbal tea instead, not to confuse people with the Susan Weed uh, preparations. Okay. <laughs> um, so linden flowers are used first of all as a gentle relaxant that you take in the evening before going to bed. It prepares you for the night. It's nice because it slows down your thoughts. You know, it, it has this sweetness that makes everything seems all right. Um, um, our famous folk herbalist, Maurice Messeguet, said, uh, I don't know if you heard of Messeguet, but he's, he's, he's quite a well-known guy in the French herbal um, mm. tradition. He said about Linden, he said, don't expect a tonic, don't expect excitement. It's not a, it's, it's not a herb to get you excited. It acts with the slowness and the majesty conferred by its size. It has the centuries to live and so will prolong your lifespan through regularity and moderation. So I mm. think that's a beautiful, very beautiful quote from him. Um, <clears throat> it's just that it, it, it slows things down. It's a big tree. It, it's going to make everything all right. Um, and a good thing is kids love it. And you give it, in France, you give it to kids that, are, that, that have a tendency to be a little overexcited, maybe hyper. <clears throat> um, 
You sometimes add a little bit of lavender honey for the for the little one. It's also very good for all people who cannot find the the sleep they used to have in their past. So it's good for the old and the young. Um, we know today that it lowers your blood pressure, and uh, this um, hypotensive effect participates in. Uh, in, in winding you down, you know, it, it, it sort of, it, it lowers your blood pressure, it lowers your metabolism, it's getting you ready for the night, right? <clears throat> um, when I think of Linden, I, I think there's this sweetness of the mind, but also sweetness of the heart, mm-hmm. and I think that the, the two go hand in hand. You know, t- to me, it's a little bit like Hawthorne for the broken heart in your mm-hmm. chest and, and in your mind as well. Uh, and, and Linden is a, is a little, it, it's somewhat similar it's for the heart as an organ, uh, but also the heart in your mind. And for that, it, it is very good. Uh, for the heart specifically as an organ, uh, it helps prevent uh, arteriosclerosis. Uh, so it keeps your artery clean and your blood thin. Um, it is good to prevent angina and other heart problems. If you have a family history, you know you, you probably want to do daily linden teas. Um, and, and of course... It works as a preventative measure, but it's not going to do much once you have an established heart problem. But, but for prevention, it's a great plant to take on a regular basis. And, of course, I would combine it with Hawthorne in, in, that, in that case. That sounds um, wonderful. Now, that's for the flower. We also use really? the inner bark very much. <clears throat> uh-huh. there's, a, yeah, there's a big tradition of the linden inner bark. And... I, I, I love to use it because you buy you buy the bark uh, in herb stores here, and they have those beautiful long stripes that are thick and brown and very smooth to the touch, and they smell I don't know this woody uh, the smell of old countryside houses of something ancient you know it's like I, I love it so you you cut the bark in small pieces and you decoct it. Um, and uh, you use that as a well as a depurative plant. You know, it's a choleritic, cholagogue, and diuretic. Uh, so it helps the body excrete all the waste, um, uh, and it's it's good because it's not bitter at all, like some of those depurative plants that are very bitter. That one is is at the opposite. It's it's got the sweetness, almost like burdock. You know, a little, I don't mm. know. It's it's nice and sweet. Uh, and in the context of today's taste buds, uh, where people are less and less tolerant to bitters, uh, then you can you can use that in your in your tall chest. <clears throat> um, so I like it for that, but again, it depends on the constitution. Uh, for me, for instance, it it just doesn't cut it. You know, I, I just need my dandelion roots, for instance. And I'm a pita guy. I need things to. I need things to cool me down. I need my liver tends to be hot often, so I need liver cooling plants, and mm-hmm. you know I need my bitters. I need my dandelion, and I feel that linden bark does not work as well for me. So as usual, you know, pick a good match for the person in the constitution. <clears throat> That's a really good point, and uh, it's really fascinating with the inner bark of the linden because. Uh, that's not commonly used. I mean, you can't even, it's, I mean, I'm looking over on, on mountain roads. I don't, don't even really even sell it. So, so, I mean, it'd be something that people listening wanted to experiment with. You can uh, yeah. make sure there's a tree and then get to know the tree and then get to know how to harvest, uh, inner bark. Um, and, uh, you know, which is pretty much branches, you know, you could harvest, um, and, and now can get into all that now, but um, but that's really cool. It's a very special taste, really. I I really like the inner bark too. It's it's, it's special. And it, yeah, that and you often wouldn't expect uh, inner bark to taste like that on your. No, your, and and if you taste it, if you taste it, you would not think it's a depurative plant. You would not. You would not think uh, intuitionally. You would not think it's going to act on your liver and your kidney and your kidney. Yeah, kidneys, but. Um, you know, it does. So, hmm, very cool. Um, okay, you know, there was a plant you mentioned a little earlier too, which uh, which I think is com- commonly used in France, but you don't really oh. see commonly used here, which is fumitory. Yeah, yeah. Like, tell us about that. Let's let's learn this. This will be a new one for a lot of y'all here. I okay, think. okay. So that's Fumaria officinalis. <clears throat> um, um. We use you, we use it as a, as a, as a liver and a, and gallbladder 
herb. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what I like is the fact that it's, it's very abundant at the end of the winter. Uh, in, in the south of France particularly, at the end of January, it starts to bloom every, everywhere. And it, it's still cold outside, but that, that plant is going to start to grow and bloom. And it would cover whole fields in purple. It's very beautiful. And the, the leaves are blue, grayish, and the flower is purple. It, it gives the fields a very smoky, smoky appearance. It's very nice. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty plant. It belongs to the poppy family. And it's, di- it's divided leaves. They look very much like uh, California poppy. Um, um, so it, it's always been an interesting one for me because I, I thought it was available at a particular time of the year when people needed it, which is, again, at the end of the winter. You know, we, you haven't been eating a lot of your greens in the winter and your, your digestive tract is probably starting to get a little dirty. So Fumaria is going to be here for you around February, March, and you can start a drink, uh, a tea of it. It's very, it's very bitter, so <laughs> it's not for everybody. It's, it's cold and drying, right? So historically, if you look at the, the countryside people using it, you know, they were just strong constitution people that big bones they were slow but steady a bit red in the face tendency toward essential hypertension and they did not mind fumaria at all right mm-hmm. today it's a bit of a different story so you don't give it to to anyone and a lot of french people are are very thin with a tendency toward hypotension you know dry skin and easily exhausted and very vata i mean french people are are vata they 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 philosophize and they think a little too much about their their poor human condition. <laughs> <laughs> really? No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. In case you didn't know, uh, <clears throat> so uh, Fumaria won't be a good fit for them. Um, uh, but yet you will find a lot of French herbal that mm-hmm. that tells you that you know if you have skin issues uh, or if you want to um, stimulate your liver and gallbladder, you should take Fumaria. But that, again, that would be ignoring constitution. Uh, it's interesting because French doctors developed quite a bit of experience with the plant. Um, uh, if you look in the old herbals, and to me, they they explained a question that I had in the past, and I, I could never find an answer. Um, Fumaria belongs to the poppy family, so you will read in certain herbals that it can be sedative, right? Mm-hmm. Belongs to the poppy family, but just go ahead and drink, you know two gallons of the infusion and, and tell me if you feel sedated because I certainly don't. Mm. Um, so I was wondering and, and French doctors figured this out. So they explained they explain that uh, during the first seven days of use, it stimulates the digestive tract, right? It's good. You get rid of the waste. And then during the following two weeks, it seems to depress the digestive system and reverse the positive actions that you had in the first week. And then starting at around day 20, it becomes sedative. So if you take it long enough, you will start to see the sedative effects after about 20 days. And several doctors seem to agree on that number. So I, I think that's, that's quite interesting because I've never found that in the, um, in the American herbals. <clears throat> so that's, that's uh, Fumaria, very bitter, a little bit of a smoky taste, not something you take in your herbal tea in the evening because it's a bit of a yucky taste but it's a hel- it's a helpful plant to to have in your chest mm. oh and and it's a specific for cramps of the sphincter of odi oddi uh it's it's not a common condition but sometimes you have people that get a cramp in that sphincter which um is at the end of the uh, of the uh, gallbladder duct where mm-hmm. things get released into the duodenum, and uh, sometimes that sphincter is going to cramp, and fumaria is uh, specific for that. It's a very painful condition. And 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 specifically in this case, the genus fumaria. I mean, there are ones that are like other genuses that in that in that family, like dicentras and all, and that's not yeah. So those aren't used like that. So you should just focusing specifically here on the Fumaria genus, correct? Well, I mean, in 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 the French tradition, um, right? We, we we do, and Dicentra is very much used in the American tradition, if I remember. I, I've never used it myself. Okay. Um, 
Um, uh, but I don't think it's in the Fumaria CA. I mean, Fumaria is in the Fumaria CA, which belongs to the Papa Veracia family, mm-hmm. or I mean, the pop. Sorry, my, my English pronunciation is going to be mm-hmm. way off. Mm-hmm. I apologize to the listeners, but um, um, so yeah, I'm not sure by, about Dicentra. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because like the, the Fumaria CA they have as a family, but they say also sometimes these are treated as a subfamily under Papa Veracia. So it yeah, seems, yeah. seems like the botanists yeah. are, uh, yeah. are uh, figuring that one out. So, uh, yeah. you know, let's get a little more uh, stereotypical Provence here and let's, let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about lavender. Let's, 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 what do you got? Let's, what's, how do you use lavender that oh, okay. might be different? Okay. Okay. So lavender, let's see lavender. Um, uh, I, I, I like lavender a lot and, I like it for two reasons. First of all, because people only know lavender through the essential oil today, and mm-hmm. that, that bothers me because that's not how it was used in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and number two, it grows wild where I live. Uh, and usually when you have a plant that grows wild, not cultivated, then you will find the most interesting uses, I think, in the, in the old herbals. <coughs> so... <coughs> Uh, wild lavender growing here is Lavendula angustifolia. We also call it fine lavender. It's it's super tiny, really. If if I take you uh, through the hills to to show you a plant, I mean you you can literally hold it in in your in your hands. It's a very tiny plant, um, and it makes at most five to ten flowering stalks, no more. Right, so very tiny plant, uh, and contrast that to the huge bushes <coughs> you find in gardens. Right, uh, and the aroma coming out of those five flowers is well, it's it's very special. Um, and I'm gonna brag a little here by saying that it's probably the finest lavender in the world that we have growing here, just because perfume makers from all over the world they send their people to buy from here to buy the essential oil to make their perfumes. You know, if you make detergents with a lavender smell, uh, you go buy the oil in China. But if you're a Chanel, then you will buy your lavender oil in in Provence. So Mm. it smells really, really special. The old people, they were gathering lavender with a sickle. That's how they would cut it. And um, they they had noticed that if if you gather lavendula, angustifolia and you cut yourself with a sickle, you cut yourself badly, then it will heal. And if you cut other types of lavenders like latifolia, for instance, or, or what we call lavendine, which is lavendula intermedia, mm-hmm. if, you, if you cut those and you cut yourself, it's not going to heal as well. Right? So it's interesting because the wild one, angustifolia, seems, seems to have something special that, that heals you more than the, uh, <clears throat> the others. Um, let's see, what are the non-typical use of lavender that I could talk about? Um, we use it for different types of organ congestion. Uh, for instance, it was used for liver congestion. Um, uh, and, and so congestion, mm-hmm. so whenever, whenever you kick an organ into higher function, you know, you have more blood flowing through it. And uh, if you do that for a while, if you abuse your liver, you drink too much or you eat modern industrial food, your liver runs hot, it gets big and inflamed, and uh, at some point it's congested, right? So uh, one, of our, one of our folk herbal guy, Moïse Messege again, he used comp- compresses of lavender flowers right on the liver, on the liver area, right? So you make a poultice and, and you, you put it right there. Um, um, uh, also for um, also for um, for other types of congestion, a head congestion, for instance, uh, some people before the onset of a migraine, for instance, they feel this this tension into the head, into you know into the neck, into the eyes as well. It's like your eyes are gonna pop out pop out of your head, and you feel a little hot, maybe a little flushed, and that is blood congestion to the head, right? So. Um, in that instance, uh, a, a tea of um, a lavender herbal tea uh, may provide some relief to you uh, to relieve the uh, the congestion. So a, a simple a simple tea will do the trick, right? So I tell my clients, you cut one flowering head and you put it into your cup. That's it. 
two flowering heads is is can, can be overpowering and and in my experience people will very often reverse to just one flower flowering head in their in their tea so i'm i'm a big fan of the of the uh, simple herbal tea of uh, lavender flowers um so whenever there's congestion or constriction, then lavender can open things up a bit. It helps to regulate blood flow, and it will cool down the condition. Um, and of course, it's a good digestive plant. It's it calms down the overexcited person. I mean, but those are a little more traditional uses. Well documented in most herbals today. The the organ congestion I thought was a little, a little more interesting to mention. What about uh, topically? Uh, do you use it for yeah. you know yeah. what yeah. what what uses? Because because a lot of people will have lavender, like you said, they know it through the essential oil, and they'll have it in their first aid kits, or they'll use it in their salves. So uh, how would I uh, for first aid situations or topically just you know pick it and use it? Well, uh, for for topical uh, situation. Uh, you 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 would you would do um, a very strong infusion, and then uh-huh. you would use it uh, as a compress uh, for sunburns. Uh, it's a superior herb, very very good, uh, or to help uh, to heal wounds. For instance, open wounds. It's very disinfecting. It was used in the First World War, for instance, in the in the trenches as a as a great uh, wound plant and disinfectant. Of course. Most of the time, people use the essential oil, and if you have if you have a bad burn, I would go to the essential oil. Really, it's 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 more concentrated. And this is one situation where I would go for a little more, you know, concentrated uh, product. Um, but again, I like to use the just the flowers like that. Nice. How about um, rosemary? Rosemary. Wow. <clears throat> okay. So, rosemary. Let's see. So, you, you were saying earlier on. Let, let's do a plant walk right? yeah, yeah. in my in, in my hills. So, let's do that. So, I need you to picture the region a bit before we do that. It's it's a it's a very rocky landscape. It's got fairly low vegetation. We don't have huge trees. You know, it's very low bushes, uh, and there's a lot of rocks, and it's mostly limestone. Um, now you can imagine we're taking a little hike amongst the uh, evergreen oaks, and uh, uh, you know maybe we're in late June, early morning. The cicadas are starting their concert, and it's going to be a hot day. We're starting to get a good sweat and having fun. Then we come upon a, a, a rocky platform, a big chunk of rock, and you see in the middle of that rock a rosemary bush. And you look around and you don't see any soil. That thing is growing inside the rock. Then you get a little closer and you see a crack in the rock with a tiny bit of soil. Maybe just, you know, a tablespoonful of soil. And in that tiny bit of soil is growing a huge rosemary bush. Right? Now, you get a sprig and you crush it into your hands. What do you think? How is that going to smell? Strong. <laughs> Growing in rock? Yeah. Come on. Yes, yes. It's, it's pretty incredibly <laughs> yeah. powerful. Uh, the essential oils are overpowering your senses. I mean, that's, that's a lot more than the culinary herb. It's, it, it is medicine. Wow. Um, so I, I like rosemary very much because, number one, it's so common that you know, I, I, think, I think people tend to forget that it can be a complex remedy. Um, and number two, I think it, it addresses the need of an aging population. And I'm going to talk about it a little more later. Uh, so it's a plan of its time, really. Um, in France, rosemary is known, first of all, as a liver plant. Okay? And I, I don't think it's very common in other traditions, as far as I can see. Um, our, our doctors of the 19th century classified rosemary as an aromatic bitter, but as a bitter nonetheless. You know, I think today we tend to see it as, as ju- just purely as an aromatic. Uh, um, and of course, as a bitter, it's going to be an orchestrator of the whole digestive tract, releasing better fluids, better enzymes. It's going to work on the timing of the release. It's going to work on smooth muscle contraction. So for digestive issues, 
it is a, a pretty complex plant and pretty efficient too. But it is also a plant acting on the central nervous system. Um, um, wild rosemary was even used as a mild narcotic in, uh, in the past. Uh, for instance, when you had serious cases of whooping cough to calm you down, uh, when, you, when you had you know, spasm and convulsions, uh, uh, rosemary was sometimes used uh, to just uh, you know, calm you down. Um, one of our famous doctors of the 1800s used rosemary um, for what's called ataxia, which is a neurological problem where you have complete lack of coordination of your muscles and movement. You know, so you, you, you're, you're shaking and your hands and all of your limbs are shaking. You have no control over the, the, the shaking. And mm. sometimes that was caused by high fever. And doctors used the rosemary for that. So as you can see, it's got, it's got some, uh, some effect on the central nervous system. Uh, it's a good plan for the circulation to the extremities. Uh, it's a great remedy for what I would call brain fog due to, um, due to uh, arteriosclerosis. Um, and, and, and here I, I will talk about the aging population a bit. You know, the older you get, the more plaque you get on your arteries. It's just part of the aging process, including in the uh, carotid artery, so the, the, the artery bringing blood to your head. And of course, this will prevent blood from feeding your brain. Uh, rosemary will help in that condition. Uh, it will bring the blood back to the head. And I like to associate it with lavender flowers, actually, because lavender flowers have a bit of a similar effect as well. It brings the circulation of, um, um, back to the head. Um, you will you will hear from French people. You know they will tell you, "Oh, be careful with rosemary because it can be too exciting." Or I drank rosemary infusion yesterday night and I could not fall asleep. My mind was racing, and you know it mm -hmm. it is true that in the young and healthy people with good circulation, for instance, um, you know we might be talking about a person practicing sports with good cardio, good lungs. The good lung functions. Um, in that case, it can be exciting to you. But if you have a deficient circulation, then at the opposite, mm -hmm. it will help you. It will actually calm you down because if you look at all people, you know, the, those that are getting a little forgetful, they're not able to remember what they did yesterday or they're not able to concentrate on crossword puzzles maybe. It, it, it's really a stress to them. Um, if you give them rosemary, day in and day out, then it brings the blood back to the head. They can think more clearly and they would lose a bit of that stress of the, oh my God, could it be Alzheimer, you know? They, right. they, so in that context, rosemary could actually be relaxing to them. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a good plan for that. Mm -hmm. um, and finally, I always recommend an infusion or, sorry, a tea mm -hmm. of ro rosemary and lavender flowers in those periods of your life when you need to make important decisions. And, you know, you might be a little stressed and, and scatterbrained, maybe because you're running on adrenaline and, and cortisol and, and maybe it's a big move in your life. Maybe you're changing careers and you need to make important decisions. So take rosemary and lavender flowers in a tea every morning, it will help you to get clarity of thoughts. You'll be able to sit down and, and make those important decisions. I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> this is, thank you. I probably be better than this coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, before we wrap it up, uh, we're still on the, our walk here. Uh, we'll make it herbalist's choice. So you, what's your, what would you like to, what plant would you like to share? And you're on our walk here. Uh, another plan I'd like to share. Well, I've got a bit of a of a funny story, though. I mean, <laughs> that's funny, but there's a plan that I, I used to to hate. Um, I'm a, I'm a mountain biker. I, I love uh -huh. to bike, and there's this one plan that was puncturing my tires for for months and years, <laughs> and every time I would just get down and change the tire and just just be so mad at this plan and then one day it just it it I, I, I was looking at the plan and like 
wondering, could this be puncture vine? And uh, yeah, that was it. So tri- tribulus, tribulus terrestris is growing everywhere here, here and, and mountain bikers just hate it. I've got whole fields of tribulus. So I started to get acquainted to the plant. So, you know, if I take you in my field, for instance, and you're wearing flip-flops, are you wearing flip-flops today, John? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, good. It's too good. cold where I live. Uh, even, yeah. in the, even in August. <laughs> really? <laughs> sad, that's sad. Because I tell you, you'd better have your uh, St. John's Word tincture with you because you will end up with lots of puncture wounds in your, in your feet. Um, so I, I got to, I got to, um, I got acquainted with tribulus on my biking trips and, and I'm, I'm using it now. And it's a, it's a plant that helps you convert cholesterol into testosterone. Hmm. So it's a good plant for the aging male uh, who seems to be running low on testosterone. You know, maybe they've been running some muscle mass and gaining some abdominal fat, you know, starting to get the, uh, the Homer Simpson profile right, right. with, a, you know, the sagging pants due to a loss of uh, butt muscles, um, uh, you know, in that, in that case. And, and, and that man uh, has high cholesterol. In that case, the, the issue might be due to the, 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 a bad, a bad, um, 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 how do we, how do you say this? Transcription or or, or um, uh, conversion? That's the word I was looking for. A bad conversion of cholesterol into testosterone, and uh, tribulus will help you in that case. Uh, you can tincture the whole plant the, when it's bearing fruits. Those pesky puncturing fruits. You take the whole aerial parts, you tincture it, and uh, you give it to your clients for that. So that's puncture vine. Wow, that that that's another handy one I could be used. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sagging pants. Huh? <laughs> Send well, me a picture. Oh yeah, now the forties do that to you. <laughs> so uh, let's see. I was uh, my screen. Okay, there we go. <laughs> my screen disappeared for me for a second there. So um, before we go here, I want to talk about uh, this trip that you're doing. Yeah, and uh, so. You and our very own Rosalie de la Ferre is uh, from Learning Herbs and Herb Mentor, running an yeah. herbal intensive in Provence this coming May, May 24th to the 31st, 2014. The first thing I learned about this trip is don't bring flip flops. <laughs> you know, and if you do, make sure there's some St. John's Word handy. Um, That's right. So, um, and this is, the, and this this experience is in English, is and uh, yeah. and so that's so for most listening here, that will be important. But can you tell us about the intention behind this uh, journey that you're doing here? <clears throat> wow. So I um, I met Rosalie, I think. It's about. It's been about two or three years ago. I think two years ago, mm-hmm. two summers ago, she came to France to um, to pay me a visit. And um, either that or uh, visit her mother-in-law, one or the other. Yeah, <laughs> maybe both. Um, but um, and we 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 immediately clicked. We we got along uh, really well, and uh, we uh, we hiked through again through the hills and uh, did some planned walks. And I think very quickly we. We started to dream of this uh, of mm. this retreat, <laughs> and we've been in touch since then. Really, starting to uh, to put some pieces of the puzzle in place and picking dates. And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's going to be a week long intensive course uh, in in Provence, uh, actually right where I live. Um, uh, in terms of what we will teach. Um, uh, I think we we will have different sections. First of all, there's going to be some uh, diagnostic skills. We're going to teach uh, some tongue diagnosis, uh, some uh, some pulse taking, uh, and also some uh, some uh, iris uh, iridology, uh, which uh, cool. in parenthesis uh, iridology is, is very big in France. So I'll be I'll be teaching some of that, um, uh, and then we'll we'll cover. Uh, a lot of clinical topics and one aspect we have decided to focus on is uh, degenerative diseases uh, like uh, autoimmune diseases, diabetes, cancer. I mean, all those things that 
both Rosalie and myself are seeing quite a bit in our practice. So um, um, this class is not really for, for beginners. Uh, I think the sweet spot would probably be people who've been studying herbs for a while and maybe they're about to open a practice or maybe they're herbalists who just opened a practice, you know, maybe their, their first year or so, or, or just advanced students of, of herbs who want to know a little more about the you know, diagnostics and, and, and the clinic. Right, so Think not so things. much focused on this is how you make this medicine or that medicine, but more focused on the diagnostics. Yeah, we'll have some, we'll have some, uh, some medicine making, uh, we'll, a little bit more advanced uh, methods like percolation, for instance, we'll, we'll teach how to, to make tinctures uh, through, through percolation, which not a lot of people know how to do uh, lately, but, but you're, and you're correct, most of it will be uh, more clinical, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's just really a cool thing to be able to go all the way to Provence. And so you can kind of combine your, you know, it's just like combining adventure and discovering a new part of the country and you know, some new plants. And, and, yeah. uh, and uh, or even, even it's really cool to see some very familiar plants, but perhaps plants that are growing in their more native environments. And uh, That's right. Cool. I mean, we'll, we'll do, uh, we'll have some very beautiful hikes. I mean, we'll, we we have planned a amazing hike that takes you from one small village to another village um, through a very very old trail dating back from the from the Romans and even before that and uh, it's a hike through the hills it's really beautiful and we'll meet all the local plants uh, we'll go to my garden as well because you know I've been doing this garden for my fourth summer now, and every year I keep adding some new plants. So it's a, it's a pretty pretty cool garden at the moment. I have a lot of plants from around the world. Um, um, and of course, you know, there'll be French food, and um, uh, we, we have found quite the place to, uh, well, to lodge. Technically, yeah. anything you eat there is going to be French food. <laughs> That's right. It's all good. Um, and and we, found, we found a great place to, to, uh, um, to, to lodge everybody as well, uh, wow. ourselves included. So uh, I, it's going to be quite, a, quite an intense experience, and we're really looking forward to that. Well, I, you know, of course, every unknown herb mentor knows Rosalie, but I, I thought it would be great. One many reasons I wanted to do this interview was so folks can hear your voice and get to know you too. And, oh, that's and, great. Uh, yeah, a little Thanks, introduction yeah. to, to yeah, their, yeah. their teacher. So, um, so in this trip, you know, there, there, I'm sure that people who are interested in it will have a lot of questions. So um, yeah. there is a website, Rosalie, set up yeah. plantsinfrance.com. And she also has this really cool free ebook, uh, 10 Simple Recipes Inspired by France, that Rosalie wrote and put together and design. And you get that free. Just visit her, that site. And that has all of the nitty-gritty details. Um, so check that out. And uh, again... Christoph's site, Althea, like we have a person who works for Learning Herbs named Althea, so that's really cool. So <laughs> AltheaProvence.com is Christoph's site, and we just found out you could use Google Translate, so go there, check it out, use Google Translate, <laughs> uh, unless you're listening to this in France or, or Quebec, uh, <laughs> that would help. So, uh, so um, Christophe Bernard, thank you so much for taking your time this evening uh, and talking with us on Herb Mentor Radio. It's it's fantastic to meet new herbalists, especially from different parts of the world. And um, I hope to get to meet you in person someday soon, too. So. Well, John, thanks for this discussion. I really enjoyed it. And I, I want to say again that I, I admire what you did with Herb Mentor. You created a fantastic community and I like to be I like to be part of it. Well, so thanks for the talk tonight. Anytime you want to log into the forum and contribute, you are more than welcome. So yeah, please, yeah, please. Thank you. All right, cool. We'll see you soon, Christophe. Thank you and have a great evening, everyone. Thanks, John. Bye. Visit learningherbs.com for free courses, ebooks, and monthly lessons. You'll also find the Herbal Remedy Kit and Wildcraft, an herbal adventure game. Herb Mentor Radio is produced for herbmentor.com, our community mentoring site. Herb Mentor Radio is copyright learningherbs.com, LLC, all rights reserved. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it.